Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the New Jets. That's why our partners at Manscaped to partner with us to make sure your new Jets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Charlie? Ah, the one team I hate in the NBA is the Denver New Jets. They have always had an awful color scheme. Uh, they've had horrible players. I do believe, though, Allen Iverson once choked out their coach. Oh, wait, that was the Sixers. But anyhow, it's not a manly team. And shaving anything below your waist is not manly. What is the only manly thing to shave, Derek Riley? The only manly thing to shave is your face, Chaz. Exactly. And so I got one of these manscapes, honest and true, and was supposed to shave other things, only shave my face. I am beyond happy because I can cut out, like, the major stubbles and then razor shave the rest of it without a massive rash. It's perfect. All right, so get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTYWATER at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DIRTYWATER. Chess, how many readers do we need to buy these fucking things? All we need is eight. And so if you're feeling generous and or boozed right now, just click because I'm telling you, this ain't a bum steer. It's great on the face. I can't account for anywhere else, but it works on the face. So get 20% off free shipping with the code DIRTYWATER at manscaped.com. Please remember to use the code DIRTYWATER. Eight. Eight of you. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and welcome to Dirty Water, where theatrical modesty and duplicity are all just part of the Beach Creek Code of Manners. Today's guest on Dirty Water writes with the hyper-realistic vividness of the romantic who can recall every cruel word thrown at him by every cruel woman since childhood. He's been hailed for his artistic independence and the honesty of his portrayal of professional surfing. Unlike every other surf rider, he subordinates himself to the story, explaining that any story I reveal myself completely in will be a bad story. He costumes himself in the heavy, dull-coloured fabrics of the Australian country peasant, peacocking only with his $300 Italian-made flat caps and favours chickens over dogs. He loves a good perno and a good fuck, garroting his quarry with ropes of cum. I'm talking, of course, Steve Shearer. <laughs> Unbelievable. You like that, Stevie? I don't know how you're going to top the last one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just genius. Oh, that one's going to go on the headstone, top of the list. <laughs> but it's true, you do subordinate yourself to the story, which, which I love. Thank you. So, Steve, talking about subordinating yourself to the story, the rumble in Lemoyne, so the rumble at the ranch. Yeah. You wrote emotively about it so what tell us what did you think of the rumble at the ranch the first pro contest contest since uh manly in february whatever it was it was a very uh big disappointment i thought it was uh considering the you know the audience was you'd have to say might have been in a state of hyper anticipation to watch some live surfing what they what they dished up was just Pap, it was like an audience was hungry for red meat and they threw us out a lukewarm bowl of Brussels sprouts. You didn't like the, the veganness of the event? No. Sorry. Well, <laughs> a vegan diet has to sort of, you know, has to, has to go even more than, than the sort of omnivorous diet, doesn't it? To sort of to compensate for the lack of um, vital nutrients. 
Did you wake up at 5am to watch it? Yes. No. What time did you really wake up? I was up at 4.30am to watch it. True? Yeah. Holy shit. Did you, what, what coffee did you brew? Oh, about, oh, it was terrible. Five, five cups of instant coffee. Oh, instant. The worst. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you an instant man normally? The worst of the worst. No, no, I'm not normally, but it was just, I, I just chose the, it was just the easiest option. So 4.30, instant stirred in. Yep. I made the coffee the night before. <laughs> a cold <laughs> instance. No, no, it was, it was hot because my daughter bought me back these amazing coffee flasks from Japan that keeps things hot for about four days. <laughs> do you think it was the, do you think it was the uh, instant coffee that put you in such a foul mood to write so um, critically about the event? I didn't think I was in a foul mood. I, I, I thought I was in actually a really good mood. I was, I was, you know, you asked me that last time and I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this one. I'm going to, you know, I want to believe. So I came wanting to be entertained, ready to be entertained. I, 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 weren't, I actually didn't get up at 5 a.m. I got up about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But I was, um, and I, I watched a bit of the replay, <clears throat> and I did have the benefit of being able to fast forward to the waves. Yeah. But I, I, I quite enjoyed it, Steve. Yeah. What did you enjoy about it? I like the shortened, I love, love shortened events when yeah. you have, you know, 36, yeah, that was good. When you have 36 surfers going through doing the same thing over and over again, does your head in. Yeah. But by having the chicks and the guys together, I think that was um, kind of a welcoming uh, step forward. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, the concept, the, the, the mixed doubles concept and the, you know, the truncated format where it's all sort of run and done in four hours. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the way forward for sure, yeah, cause especially imagine, at the wave pool. Yeah, because if you imagine they had uh, the top 12 guys, yeah, it would have been maybe, maybe not 12, 12 might have been too much, but top eight guys. Yeah. You're pretty fucking fascinating. What do you think, Chaz? So I was just chatting with Steve before we got on while I was making my daughter pancakes for breakfast. I mean, sorry, pancakes for dinner. Uh, the pancakes for dinner truly is the, don't get more ludicrously, what, bohemian than <laughs> breakfast for dinner. It's a, it's that's a slack of food. So it's like having a bowl of music. That's it. That's it. I, I asked her what she wanted. I'm, I'm alone this for a couple of days here, uh, and asked her what she wanted and had, yeah, a bunch of stuff to do. And she was like, oh, mix it up and then do something you've never done. So this was it. Breakfast for dinner was my rabbit out of the hat. But uh, I was telling Steve before, I literally did not know who won the event until one second before this podcast. I should have saved it for the podcast. I did not know who won until <laughs> this moment right now. Uh, I turned it on, stuck in traffic on the 405. I was, yeah, away. But uh, so turned it on for a minute. I went to my app and said, your app needs updating. Oh, how fucking frustrating was that? Oh, my goodness. I just said, absolutely, it doesn't. And so then I just, <laughs> like, I was ready to delete it. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to give it one more try of going to www. While I'm sitting in traffic, WSL or World Surf League or whatever, .com on my phone. And then it popped up. Uh, and it came straight into, I launched, or after the, whatever, six ads. I swear... Was did one of those ads for Michelob say that this feels like like your skin, your pink yellowing skin? <laughs> Steve, did you hear that? I actually didn't get the Michelob ads here. You didn't get Australia. any. Uh, we only got Boost some, Mobile. That was it. No Michelob Ultra. No. 
The the Michelob Ultra ad that I again I'm in traffic, trying not to crash, also trying to log on, or at that point I guess logged on. Uh, but I swear it said the sky is pink and your skin is yellowing. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you drink, huh? Yeah. I mean, precisely. I was thinking, oh, they really hit it out of the park on this one. Yeah. But then then it dropped straight into Joe Trapel and yeah. Rosie, mm. and I honestly felt. Mm-hmm. Steve, you yeah. know this feeling more than yeah. me. I felt shaky in my soul hearing yeah. Terpel's voice. Thinking, I, I wanted, it was that. I wanted yeah. pro surfing. I wanted something to write about. I wanted something to think about. Yeah. Terpel's, well, and Rosie's nonsense. And yeah. I was just like, this is this is a honest to goodness, mm-hmm. proper Dante's Inferno here. Like, yeah. I don't know what level it is, but we are in hell. And I mm. flipped it off and did not know who won until... <laughs> Two minutes ago, when Steve told me Pip won. Yeah. Yeah. Redemption story. Coco Ho. Yeah. Sending it up for Derek. Yeah. <laughs> and they always, um, the great thing about the surf ranch is they never make a big deal about who wins it. I think it was, was it 2018, Steve, when, or um, well, 2019, when uh, Gabrielle won. Yep. And he he's stand- won every single time there. He's won every comp there. So it was, it was probably every time of these ones. And he's standing there and he's won. And he mm. thinks he's won, but he's not sure. And uh, and then Pat O'Connor kind of one comes out and goes, uh, yeah, yeah, you've won, mm. but you can have another wave if you want. And then Charlie's just furious, he's going, no one tell us, no one tell us we won, no one tell <laughs> us we won. Yeah. And they're hugging and shit. And then then I think Gabriel goes and rides a wave. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, the same thing. You had Peter Mel wearing a mask, oddly. Mm. Well, no one else had a mask on, so you had mm. old man Mel. Yeah. I don't know whether he's terrified of COVID or something, whether uh, as James suggested earlier, he was trying to you know create a good impression. Probably the latter, but it was it was it was an odd uh, scenario to have this masked man surrounded by these non-mask wearing people. Yeah, the whole thing was odd. was odd. But but tell me the thing about this 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 wave pool. I, I've been trying to come to grips with it. You know, every single wave now, apart from pretty much the first one that Kelly rode, is now instantly forgettable. Right? It's completely wiped from your memory banks as soon as it happens because but they're all. You got. Is that true or, or not? So it, the the double oop from Philippe, I feel yeah. that I remember, but I don't yeah. think I actually do. No, you remember because that's what he did in 2018 and, you know, that's what he did again in 2020. So, you, yeah, there is there is some sort of like trace memory which will, will bubble up in the neurons. But everything else, you try and remember a single wave from the surf ranch and it's all just instantly forgettable. I can remember them all though. I can remember Teddy Otto just squaring up in the barrel. I can remember um, uh, Sage kind of surfing kind of weirdly square and soft and, and, and Kelly doing his little laybacks on every turn and doing those odd um, backside 360s that Jake Patterson perfected in about 1992. Yeah. So I can, no, my, my memory banks are fine, Steve. Okay, from, so you, since you, you from this contest though? From this contest, yeah. yeah. You dismissed that okay. theory. I dismissed the theory because I actually really like it. I love watching the wave because the the minutia of all the the difference in the minutia of the turns is um, is pretty pretty fascinating. And you know the way the guys will get speed off the bottom, and um, you know the, the degrees of difference are, are tiny. Yeah. But if you're looking to sharpen your surfing, it's a pretty good uh, pretty good thing to watch. In, in terms honest, of Derek, what you can take away from it. Yeah. Like studying it. Let's, let's be truly <laughs> honest. Can we be real honest here? Is this, yeah. Okay. You put my uh counter narrative 
like you blow it up to such a degree where you are more counter than anyone I've ever, ever, ever met. Right. If everybody's hating on something. Yes. If everybody's hating on something, you're in. Yeah. yeah, I'm a a contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. It's a A contrarian to a degree that I am jealous of. (laughs) You out contrarian me. Did you, did you, did you really like it? I did. And that's... Think, think honestly. Think not being contrarian. Think about how you felt while watching it. Hmm. <laughs> no, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's fucked up when everyone says stuff. Because I missed most of it, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got of an eight, kind of had it on in the background, and, and it was a hard watch. It's a hard watch, but um, you know, when it, whenever, whenever I kept getting bounced out of it. It's like when everyone says a movie's fantastic and you go see it and, you, and you're so being pushed in that direction that you think it's going to be amazing. The expectations are so fucked up. My mm. expectations were so low that when I, when I watched a bit of the replay, I went, oh, this is oddly fascinating. Mm. But it's interesting that you talked about the minutiae and the nuance, nuance in, in the little way because I was thinking kind of it actually has made a bit of a mockery, though, of the whole subjective judging system, though. Like how, do you, how do you actually judge that? So one guy takes off and does three turns on the outside, gets gets his barrel, does four turns on the between the two barrel sections, gets gets the chip. Like, how do they distinguish that fine grain nuance and all those little turns? Are they judging each little turn, or are they judging the whole ride? I guess it's a question for the judges, but um, you would think they would be judging by the um, just by degrees, I guess. But the sharpness of the turns. It's all, all it is is the sharpness of the turns and an on-the-face kind of chop-up at the end. Yeah. Because at least with the ocean wave, you have some sort of variation per... Wait, like I was looking at... Lakey Peterson got away. Sorry, Chase? I mean, it's it's something about who picks the best wave, right? For, In the ocean. Yeah. I mean, there are better waves and there's worse, worse waves and that well, gets look, scored. Well, the best wave stands out. It, it's yeah. a point of difference. So let's, There's let's, no point of difference at the surf ranch. So keep going. Sorry, well, I, get well, I, I just saw I just saw Lakey Peterson Lakey's best wave. I, I I can't remember what she got scored on it, seven point nine three or something. But she she bobbled two two turns, really bobbled them. And I thought, okay, so what do they do now? Do they judge that whole ride and, and subtract those two bobbles, or do they just she she got hold of maybe four? I can't remember how many turns she did on the whole wave. Maybe eight. So she bobbled two of them and. And, and did pretty good on six of them. So in a gymnastics routine, you'd sort of subtract. I mean, it, we are judging this now like it's a gymnastics routine, right? But maybe she would have got a 9-5 if she um, hadn't fucked those two turns up. Okay, so they did penalise her. <clears throat> did the men, I, so I didn't see much of the scoring, were the men and the women judged the same? It's closer. It's, it's closer to being judged you know, on the same scale than, than at any comp in the ocean. I'm not sure whether you could say it's exactly the same, but it's close enough. I mean, that's a win right there, though, right? For yeah. serving, I mean, to put men and women in one contest together and have them more or less be judged on a similar-ish scale? Yeah. No? That's a yeah, giant leap totally. forward. I, yeah, I think it's a giant leap forward. But so if you're the WCL, how are you not like pushing that out as the main narrative coming out of this thing, right? I mean, again, I didn't watch one one way. I watched <laughs> two seconds of Joe Trapel and felt 
such deep disgust. Fucking Joe Turpel. He's yeah. probably the most beautiful man ever. Yeah. But let's be honest. In what sense when is he beautiful? Started, he's beautiful. In he's what awesome. Sense? I'm sure he's a... Did you see the Instagram of him talking to his baby? No. Oh, there's an Instagram video. <laughs> Some had missed that one. Uh, of him talking to... I got... I was sent it, thankfully. Of him talking to his baby child, who a boy or girl, I don't know. I think daughter. It'd be a great career path for him, though. To, 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 to voice, you know, like lullabies and stuff to put That's babies what it was. to it sleep. Was like, baby, I'm missing you. I'm, yeah, Daddy had to go to work. Whatever he did. Yeah. But it was so warm and sweet mm. and wonderful. Yeah. Like Joe Trapel yeah. as a person, I have no yeah. doubt, is greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. Mm. His voice as a surf announcer, something about it rankles so deeply. And is that because Joe rankles or is it, I mean, Steve, you listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think what rankles is that Joe just is continually creating this kind of alternative reality and it doesn't seem connected in any way to what's happening, but it seems connected unconsciously, I don't think he's even doing it consciously to the narrative that the WSL wants to put out or that he imagines they want to put out. So it's sort of like continually listening to this sort of marketing spiel. He, he reminds me of... Rather um, than as you go. what's actually happening in front of you. He's a little bit... Is it Tokyo Rose in World War II used to uh, broadcast the uh, Japanese propaganda? <laughs> He reminds me of Tokyo Rose or the who was the who was the chick in Vietnam? Hanoi was it Hanoi someone? Oh Hanoi Jane, Jane Fonda. Yeah. No, not, not Jane but Fonda. She, she didn't broadcast though. No, no, but who was there was someone broadcasting, oh GI, your your mm. country, or black GI, your country sent you to war while they're killing you at home. Yeah. Kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean and I don't, I don't I don't mean to do Eddie Murphy yellow voice. But uh, <clears throat> but he uh, how much when, whenever you do that, real quick, Derek, <laughs> is Kelly Slater First in your mind of oh man, Chinese girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> that was that was the oddest um, thing, wasn't it? When uh, the guy trolled him and Kelly just bit so hard. Oh yeah. I mean, not to not to derail. Damn mm. it, I'm the only one ever doing the vodcast. Yeah. That's the problem. Is you guys are drinking your coffees. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got the advantage. <laughs> I always think Chaz has got such a natural advantage here with the time zone. It's awful. It is no. I'm like the listeners hate. I gotta. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now. But also, Kelly's Chinese girlfriend thing. Yeah. I don't know how you have a bigger gaff. That I mean, a funnier gaff than that. Where, Derek, when you were doing your version of an Asian girl talking, the only thing I'm. Thinking is Kelly Slater, yeah. which I shouldn't be thinking. <laughs> but I think he had nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> How good did Kelly look with uh, Sage, though? Yeah, they make, they're a power couple. Together, I was thinking, God, if there was only some way you could, you know, produce a, a, an offspring there, that would be that would be the ultimate surf yeah. offspring, right? They have lovely so wait, skin. did, did, have did, Ke- did <laughs> Kelly really blow it? Yeah. That's what I read in the comments. Yeah. The Kelly blew it, Steve. It, it Did he completely blow it? choked. Talk more. I want to hear it. He just he, he just caught a right hander and just I, I, he just bogged a rail and then you know he caught the left and he did this silly little 360. It's very sort of 
toy poodle of a move. And then he, d- he did another one immediately and just, just sort of puffed, popped off the back of the wave and sort of stood there, like looking really, really forlorn. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen Kelly do that round. I think Kelly throws the roundhouse three when yeah. he's shy and embarrassed. Yeah. But it wasn't I've a roundhouse three. It was just, it was a standard, um, just loose the fins, throw yeah. your, throw your uh, it jump arm three, it, was, it wasn't a carving three or anything. It was just, yeah. just, just a 90. Then Jake Patterson, 90, 92. Derek Hines, 78. Yeah. But when he did that, right, I thought, you know what? This is not a CT wave. I, I do not want to see any more CT surfing on this wave. What I want to see is proper intermediates. I want to see... Proper intermediate trolls what the fuck being are you hitting? pulled out by Kelly Slater and Steve, going are, out there. Steve, what are you hitting? What are you what are you hitting for emphasis there? Oh, there's the desk. You hear this thumping. <laughs> it's like your tail's going mad. <laughs> I want to see proper excited. intermediates going up against Kelly with Kelly with a five-point handicap and, and see how they go. All that's there though, right? Yeah. I mean, they could roll out. Any, I mean, they could. Wow, who are the famous surfing Australian actors? Derek, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Liam Hemsworth, those ones, <laughs> the Hemsworth brothers, Hem, the Hemsworths v yeah. Kelly Slater. Yeah, at the ranch would be much watch TV, right? Yeah, like to see if the Hemsworth three could between them could somehow beat Kelly. Yeah, would be really fun. I'd rather see, though, the, the intermediates, though, that Kelly's blocked. And this is their chance for redemption. They beat Kelly at the surf ranch. He has to unblock them. So how, how oh, okay, okay, intermediates. I thought you meant yeah. QS surfers. No, 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 proper intermediates, <laughs> just guys on the street. <laughs> what happened with Kelly during the Derek Hope tribute? I couldn't find it on the, uh, on the replay. I mean, it didn't look very hard, but, but you wrote about it. It said Kelly had um, sort of taken over the Derek Hope tribute. Yeah, yeah. So it actually happened the day before. I, I thought it had happened, you know, that was the that was the opening of the day, but it actually was the day before and it was a replay. Kelly just muscled. It was a group wave, right, a, a party wave. I guess it was supposed to be ridden in honour of Derek and Kelly just literally elbowed everyone else off the wave till it was only him and then pulled into the tube and came out and, I, I don't know, I want to say he claimed it. He probably didn't claim it, but. Yeah, he just muscled everyone off the wave. It was just a strange thing to do. Who was on the Who was on the wave? Coco was on the wave. He didn't muscle her. She was on the inside. Um, who else was on it? I. Everyone was else was on it. Was was Philippe? Must have been. Who else was on it? I'd you have think? to go back and look. I want to say Jamie O'Brien was on that wave. Fuck, you're hallucinating <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Getting up at five, drinking. Uh, Instant coffee made the day before. Uh, Jamie, Ben Gravy was there. Oh, I'd, I'd actually honestly have to go back and have a look at it. <laughs> you were there. You were the scarecrow. You were there. You were the tin man. Everybody was there, Mom. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, now, he's, now, he's, now Stevie's into the, uh, the Brown Sangers. Just yeah. And on the beers now. He's got vodka jealousy, but he hasn't got any vodka. He's got a beer. Got to go get blood after this. Oh, this is a stupid podcast. I'm, I'm keeping my mouth shut, mm. letting you guys roll for a minute. What are you, what are you drinking, Chaz? Oh, uh, vodka soda. I like what you've done with your hair in the um, intervening seconds. Oh, oh, it does look good. does look I good. I liked it when oh. you first came in and it was um, shooting, shooting out like sparks from a, um, 
Like a weird. I got a stinking really good haircut is what I did though. It was David Bowie's 25 year stylist cut my hair. Jesus. Yeah. Up in LA. Yeah. 25 years on the bus. I mean, not this last time. I had a t- I've had a cut for multiple podcasts, but I thank you for notice- <laughs> noticing now. <laughs> what were you doing up in LA, Chess? This last time? Just, just yesterday. Well, today. Oh, yeah, today? Yeah, I was there today. Uh, it was just taking, it's hard to find play dates in the <laughs> COVID era. And my, yeah, book comes out tomorrow. Uh, and best friend Josh lives in LA. So he graciously had us, me and Hemi, uh, wife is gone taking Ava, her daughter, my daughter too, to uh, Arizona to play soccer. What? And so we were alone. So ran up to LA, spent the night, swam, and ran back today. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, Steve, when you were uh, watching the broadcast yesterday, was it yeah. crashing all the time? And every time you reloaded it, you'd have to yeah. sit through the same four ads, the Sam Bleakley's Good. brilliant corners and... I didn't get Sam Bleakley's brilliant corners. I, I got the the uh, the Sally Fitz boost and then the Quicksilver ad, which was pretty cool. I've got to admit. What was the Quicksilver ad? It was sort of an, an animation. And the recycle thing. Yeah, the recycle thing. I saw. You know, that. put me in the bin. I don't want to go for a bin. I want to go so for I'm, a I'm surf, confused mate. about that. I'm confused about that because didn't uh, Jed and Vaughn do that for Billabong last year? I th- thought it was a cut it was definitely a jed and vaughn thing oh no no i saw i saw the quicksilver one yeah but, the, but they, there's a billabong version of it last year is it a kind yeah. of thing is it a cross they're the same company brand? now though that's right yeah they're, the same, they're owned by the same people but you think there is separate identities though isn't it oh, no one knows. thought it was a good idea so they just crossed over <laughs> just fucking silence yeah <laughs> hey let's talk about kelly's way for a second because it is even though we hang shit on it, it is such an amazing – and when you're writing, it's just fuck, it's, it's like being uh, good Lennox, good three-foot Lennox. And yeah. it's bigger than it looks on the broadcast, even though it's small when you paddle into it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's got a head high and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and, and a more perfect thing has never been invented. But there's something, there's something wrong about it. You know, and you spoke about the rhetoric that was going to end conservative surfing and yet it cemented it. You know, so what could happen? Is there anything that can happen to the wave? Because I was thinking about it and with, with the – you know, with the sled thing, the only way you can change the pool is by the bathymetry and the volume of the water. So you can change the floor, the bottom, and where you can change the volume of the water, but you can't, unlike, you know, Tom Lochtefeld systems or American wave machines, you can't pump a little section out. Yeah. So is it is it just doomed old technology? Yeah, I think so. But I think the whole wave pool thing is doomed technology as far as the dream of, you know, stadium surfing, pro surfing being conducted in tubs. I think I think it's just, I think it's doomed. I'm, I'm terrified that people still think it's the future. God, I think it's but, the future. I mean, yeah, I'll contra here. Uh, I feel the Palm Springs one and the Waco one mm. could theoretically, I mean, not a stadium, but you could throw, I don't know, 500 people at bleachers around mm. or 1,000 or whatever and – yeah. really put on a show a yeah. lights music people doing finger flips superman yeah. to finger flip show yeah. kind of thing yeah that would be people would leave happy yeah and just saying like imagine the WCL and this is the one you went all in on yeah is the thing that's the best 
and you're thinking, why doesn't anybody like the best? Mm. And the best is the worst to watch. Yeah. Kelly's. Yeah, and I haven't surfed the. Have you surfed the others, Derek? No, I've surfed uh, Wave Garden in Melbourne a bunch of times. I love it. And did you love it more than Kelly's? Your experience at Surf Ranch. My my two best surfs, or my 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 best surfs in the last three years have all been in swimming pools. Okay, great. But it's like, where does that <laughs> rank to Surf Ranch? They're, they're, they're not even comparable. Kelly's Kelly's pool is like paddling out at uh, Atlantic, I think, yeah. and just surfing this beautiful, smooth, long yeah, wave yeah, yeah. that you don't want to fuck up. Where the urban yeah. surfs. A five-second ride where you yeah. take off in this thing and just fucking just gurgles out. Yeah. Has a weird little first section, but you have a hell of time and catch, yeah. you know, 100 waves in a day. If you had uh, 50 bucks. <laughs> if I had $50. If, if I had, had 50 bucks, how my life would change, huh? If, 50 fucking dollars. If, if only had. I had it. <laughs> if, imagine. Imagine. Mm, uh, imagine. $50. You get, you get bitches. Your, get licks. All of it. All of that with your 50 bucks, but also four waves at Kelly's mm. or your 50 waves at Wave Garden. Oh. Which do you take? I thought you were going to say 50 waves at Kelly's or 50 waves at Wave Garden. No, no, no. Because 50, Kelly's, 50 V5. No, 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 no. You only get four at mm. Kelly's. You get four waves, right? I mean, that's yes, basically it. I but mean, can I, can I poach a few in between? Sure. You, you can sit and hope somebody falls, but nobody ever falls. Someone gets pitched and breaks their shoulder just in case their shoulder's up. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody even got to paddle on that wave. Where I, I, know, I was laughing too hard. I mean, yeah, precisely. I almost, that's the I almost got it, but it was, I couldn't laugh. My tummy was making me shake on my board. <laughs> that's the problem. It's the <laughs> laughter effect. I mean, all of this weighs in. So, yeah, you can poach whatever you want. After you have hmm. your four, you get four, and then you poach whatever you want. So how about a day at Kelly's Pool versus a day at Urban Surf? But that's, that's a not... Comparison. That, no, no, no. It's not a comparison, though, because a day at Kelly's surf or pool doesn't exist. A day at... Half a day? Herb, Half a day exists? Four waves exist at Kelly's pool. Yeah. Uh, How come a day waves. doesn't exist at Kelly's pool? What have, what have they done to the... They made the a day? wave... What have they done to the universe? <laughs> it's a space-time I mean, continuum. <laughs> they, ma- they made a wave that is unsustainable in a way of having more than... Like, there's no way you can do it. There's no way you can have more than four waves, six waves max per person, unless you're Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. That's it. They made a thing that is... Nat Young did it. Who? Nat Young. How many waves did he get? As many as he wanted, because him, Bob Bob McKnight hired it out. The entire day and just sent Nat Young there? Yeah, just him and Bob. (laughs) Last year? Just the two of them for a whole day. Just the two of them, yeah, for a full day. What? Yeah, that's an odd scenario. Yeah, that's such a crazy scenario. <laughs> I, mean, let's, I mean, that's a whole podcast worth of scenario right there. I think, I think you know, Nat just sort of gave up in the end. Just went, no, that's it. I'm done. I don't need any more. Which is the only time I've ever heard of that happening. Wow. So, so Chaz, in this comparison, um, is is the weather nice down in Melbourne? Because the weather's so fair. It's, it's, so it's primo, primo yeah. weather Melbourne, primo yeah. weather Kelly, which is hell weather. Do I have There's to stay? No do I have weather. to stay in uh, Lamore at the touch? Nope. Uh, I will drive you up and drive you back in the same day. Hmm. Well, I would have. Uh, fuck. And it's uh, it's a 30, 30 degree day down in Melbourne, and it's offshore. 
exactly. Do have to be in the pool with um, Star Trunks. 17 other yeah, Star Trunks. Do have to be in the pool with 17 other punters at uh, Urban Surf? Uh, I'm going to say uh, like six. They're doing you like a solid and it's like six other people in the pool. Ah, fuck it. Fuck it. Um, purely wave-wise, I'd go with Kelly, but I know I could always go to Melbourne again and again and again, so I would choose Kelly. But I, th- I think, I guess, I guess Kelly's, just because the waves are, are pretty amazing and they're so long. Totally. The, the wave you ride is epic, but you don't get enough. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work as any kind of, yeah, on a one-wave comparison thing, anyone would... <laughs> Microphone. I thought, I, thought, I thought you dropped your computer. Just the mic. Hey, will um, yeah. will Sal be in the jacuzzi waiting for me with these protein bars? Nope. Ooh. It just, I mean, yeah, sure. It takes the fun out of it. That Salima. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> but I've talked too much. Steve, back to you. Yeah. So this is the deal as far as being a surf fan goes, right? I thought about this a lot. Why why Kelly's pool doesn't work, right? This 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 is the compact, the 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 deal with the devil that you make as a surf fan is you are going to sit through hours and hours and hours and hours of just sort of boring dross and dreck and nothing much going on. And then out of the blue, without you expecting it in any way, something fucking incredible is going to happen, right? Whether it be a shark attack on live broadcast or the world champion having a complete meltdown and paddling over the top of someone and blowing up his world title chances or, you know, an incredible wave coming from anywhere or someone really injuring. Something amazing is going to happen, right, that you didn't foresee. And when you put that contest in the tub, all of that gets stripped away. There's no possibility of that happening, right? So you strip away any possibility of anything magic happening. All you're going to see is... Waves being ridden, and it's going to be the exact same wave ridden all day, every day, more or less. So to me is why it doesn't work because you've just stripped all the magic out of it or any potential for magic. And in this world, you know, we need that magic more than ever. But in terms of the beach grit audience, yeah, isn't it epic that Kelly Slater, back all the way around, fails mm-hmm. epically? epically at the wave he's created and has surfed more than anyone else times 5,000 on the planet. This mechanical wave that he created yeah. and has surfed 80 billion times. Yeah. And other people have surfed maybe, I mean, Pip Toledo has probably surfed that thing. What? How many times has Pip Toledo surfed the ranch? 20. Compared to Kelly? Or just all in. Probably yeah. 20 times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pip has probably had 20 waves at the ranch. Yeah. Kelly has probably had a solid, honest to goodness, 350 to 5,000 waves there. Thousands, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't. Kelly's failure there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the real story. Yeah. No? I think it is a real story. Yeah. I think he, I mean, it's just that the, it's just the champ getting old, isn't it? The synapses are just getting saggy and, you know, things are just failing. Do you think it's that? Well, what else do you think? Oh, it's head noise. You saw the uh, sound waves with him and, uh, him and him and Charlie Goldsmith, the uh, yeah. Australian faith healer. Yeah. And he just, he just, he it just... was sorely missed <laughs> at the rumble. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie wasn't there. Um, yeah. 
uh, he could he could have faith healed everyone of COVID if they had yeah. it. And, uh, <laughs> can COVID be faith healed? <laughs> I'm sure it can by Charlie Goldsmith. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to his website and find out. Yeah. But he does seem to be beset by a terrible head noise. Yeah. And his actions on the wave look like someone who's got something fizzing around in the head. Too busy. Just thinking of Instagram, do you think? Tormented. He's got some troll in his head. And, the, and, and you know what? The world it, you know what? The world is round. It's yeah. sphere. How can they say the world is flat? I gotta get back on Instagram and reply to those guys and set them on the right track. And you know what? 9-11? Mm, Jews. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The Jews did it. Yeah. Shit. So all that shit's in his head. Is Kelly a 9-11 conspiracy? I think he I think he was, yeah. I'm not sure if he if he blames um our Jewish brothers and sisters. But yeah. it, it is a common thread. And particularly in the um, BLM era, there's a lot of um, all that anti-SEMO shit sort of seeping out of the uh, sewers. So that's why I believe Kelly should be the only person that should ever be competed against at Surf Ranch. Every single heat should only be man-on-man man against Kelly. Yeah, he's, he's sort of the house standard, I suppose. He's like the, uh, the, the, the guy at the ice skating rink who works there and, and goes the fastest and all the girls look at. Yeah. And I think it should be just it should be just into internet trolls that he just brings into the ranch. So that That's, can... I mean, first Kelly would have to be a legitimate surfer. Like Kelly has not Kelly, mm. the man who invented the wave. I mean, I know yeah. he didn't invent it, but practically yeah. invented it, has surfed it more than anyone else, hasn't even beat <clears throat> another pro surfer. Like he should go beat a pro surfer and then like Start bringing in the. I mean, for sure the trolls could beat him. Yeah. Kelly, I could. I literally, I could beat Kelly Slater at. Surf I could Ranch. beat Kelly. <laughs> Completely. With a five point handicap. Walk through. Walk through your routine, Steve. <laughs> like paddle, mentally paddle into a wave at Surf Ranch. What yeah, do you do? What's and what your are you left? And what are you? And what are you riding? Yep. I'm riding a. Uh, <clears throat> Five, ten, asymmetric. And what do you do? So you're standing there. You hear the you hear the engine yep. whir. Let me let me walk you in here. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I paddle in, and then I just do twenty foam climb reentries. Do a tube ride at the end, and then do a little chop hop. You the want? End. That's a perfect ten. <laughs> <laughs> And Kelly's so stressed, he falls out. Falls Kelly falls off on the third. I mean, Kelly, Kelly tries to do a round, a some, yeah. some kind so of... So I get a 4.17 from the judges, right? Correct. Kelly gets a 5.17 minus 5, which is 0.17. I beat oh, him by so four points. Okay, so five-point handicap now, I get it. Yeah. That's fair, <laughs> isn't it? No, no I, think, I think you could beat Kelly without the handicap, to be honest. Right. I, th- I think you're you, Steve are underselling your ability. So what would actually happen is you would paddle in, mm-hmm. you would race for a minute, yeah. you would do a pretty sweet top turn while you were yeah. feeling the wave. Yeah. And by the way, we're talking about your first wave yeah. ever at Surf Ranch versus yeah. Kelly's 10,000. So you'd feel it kind of and say, okay, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. You go back and you do another kind of top turny thing. Yeah. Uh, you'd fade into the barrel. Yeah. You would come out and you would think, I crushed this thing. And then you would do your foam climb at the end or your 
little choppy thing. Whatever you're doing, 5-2 on that wave. On the wave, you were actually going to ride 5-2. Shit, he got me on the edge of my seat now. He goes 5-1-7, just going to 5-2. This is really happening. I have this bad nightmare that I'm going to be sort of like stalling for the barrel all wave. No, Raymond is not there in this right. in real life. Raymond is not there yelling. So without Raymond, you, you can't tell what the wave is going to do, can you? Yeah, That's you what they can. all say. You're a surfer. Yeah. You it know. Is... <laughs> Derek, is that true? No, I don't know. What the fuck's going to happen in Raymond's going, <laughs> speed up, slow down, speed up, <laughs> slow down, man. So like, what the fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's Raymond, though. If Raymond's this... not there, you figure it out. Right. There's, a, there's a little kind of um, like a channel thing uh, that runs perpendicular to the um, to the moat, and that's where the, where the barrels are because you, yeah. you sort of know that. But it's so weird at the end, the last barrel, because not every way of barrels, I think there's 17 different types or something. Mm-hmm. But the end barrel, Raymond's screaming at you to speed up and you're just looking yeah. at a burger. Honestly, he's going, what the fuck? If I speed up, there'd be no wave left. Then it suddenly stands up and then you're yeah. deep. Yeah. Weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. Bre- or break your shoulder. That's where I broke mine, yeah. Steve. You, you Did you make any of the barrels there, Derek? Um, at the, my very last wave, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to make sure. Because it was always about the second barrel, not the first barrel. Because yeah. everyone, everyone makes the first barrel. And then the last, the last wave, I sort of stood there on the wave and I just waited for it to barrel and just went at the end and then got this sort of two-foot cover up at the end it was a very disappointing way to end my campaign there although um one campaign at um surf ranch got me more barreled than five years of going to chopu <laughs> five failed campaigns steve never been barreled there oh crazy crazy times yeah. hey so enough about the pool what about um so yesterday we were alerted to the fact that pat Curran, the big wave design pioneer you know, the first crew of Californians living right big Waimea in the 50s was living in a car park, um, probably about a two-minute drive from Chaz's mansion. Yeah. And he's uh, drowning in poverty with a special needs daughter that he fathered when he was 60, 68. He's 88 now. Yeah. And so there was a bit of an outpouring. We had, you know, crazy traffic on the site. Yeah. And so, fuck, you know, what's happened to Pat Cara? But then this morning I got this email and someone wrote, it would have been wise knowing Pat's history of alcohol and the abundance of homeless uh, resources in San Diego right down the street to check in with Tom and Joe, Pat's famous sons, one yeah. less so the other, um, who have tirelessly tried to help Pat for the backstory before promoting this GoFundMe. Yeah. Wrote to Helen's paid with good intentions and throwing 100,000 greenbacks at the situation very well may do much more harm than good. You can't win, can you? No. But you sure can. <laughs> Imagine how much vodka or whatever. I mean, the only shame in this story I said, I didn't know he was in the Encinitas car park. Yeah. <laughs> I should be down there pouring him out with old Pat right now. You could take you could take the rest of your bottle down there. I mean, it's already drained, but <laughs> I <laughs> theoretically could have. I'm sure you've got another one, Chaz. I do. I just bought a new one. So um, do, do many people live down in the Swamis? Is it Swamis that are staying at the Swamis car park? I mean, I, I think he can't stay there. So I think this whole thing is... I don't know where he's staying, but he's definitely not staying there. It's interesting. I was talking to uh, Andrew Kidman, who made the film Litmus and and the other other Glass Love and so on, and uh, he was saying Pat's probably really happy living down the, living in the beach in a van. You know, it's a classic fifties surfer lifestyle. We just very very simple needs. Steve, what do you what do you Steve? What do you think? Well, I, <laughs> depends. Which perspective you take, 
doesn't it? I mean, the, do you remember the guy who lived at um, North uh, Ave in the yeah, van? Yeah, 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 he loved it. Yeah, he loved it, right? Just living in the van. And, and people look at that life and from the outside looking in, you can be horrified. But, you know, if that's your, that's your path and that's where you're at, then you don't have obligations. You're just in the car park. All you got to do is worry about, you know, if the guy's a drinker. And I'm not saying he is, but it sounds like we've already established that as a fact, right? It's a fact, yeah, I believe. Well, then all he's got to worry about is <laughs> getting his hands on enough booze for the day, right? It's a pretty, um, pretty good problem to have, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, he might be well be very happy. Would so, you, Steve, if, if life turned where you, it was a van yeah. down by the beach, Yeah. would you be like, okay, good. I mean, that's not what I envisioned, but I'm fine. Um, yeah, I think I can handle it. What about you? Oh, I mean, easy. Uh, yeah. The fact that I sleep anywhere but the sidewalk every night is a yeah. true miracle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Derek? What about you, Derek? Oh, you're, God, I'd, you're I'd different. Be, I'd be so fucking sad. Yeah. Living in a van, ashamed to my children. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. But ashamed children, you just, you made, <laughs> if you're stinking pack current, you made, as far as surf goes, iconic children. You've done oh, your... but Yeah, yeah, it's pack current. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd just feel so ashamed that, uh, where's dad? He's just living down the beach. Yeah. Fuck. But, but uh, honestly, where's Tom? I mean, where's Tom in this? Let's be honest. Does Tom, really... does, does Tom even know where he is? I mean, I have no idea. But Does Tom know where Tom is? That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, you must have had a few interactions with Tom Curran over the years. Just a handful, mate, but nothing, nothing substantial, just sort of random Random encounters in car parks and, you know, in oh, the surf. Blood blow blowjobs and shit. Just, <laughs> just to the glory hole, the talking <laughs> dunnies. No, just random encounters in car parks. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Probably nothing, nothing as substantial as, as your encounters, Derek. What, so you, what have you got? You, you weren't garroting oh, yeah, the ropes have come. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I've had a, <laughs> had a few funny things with Tom. This is the most, I've never seen a human being so stoned. So yeah. rendered helpless by um, by weed. Yeah. Oh, I've seen I've seen, I've seen a human being rendered more helpless oh, by yeah. weed. <laughs> that, was, <yeah. laughs> that was that was me, Steve. I've told you that story. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> told you that last week. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. The least amount of weed for the most affected. <laughs> That'd be me. Jesus. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was at, I was at uh, Tim Baker's house as it happened. The um, world famous surf rider. I know he's a hero of yours, Steve. <laughs> And um, I think I was living with him at the time. And uh, Jim Banks was there as well. Jim Banks. Living with Tim Baker. Yeah, yeah. Platonically. (laughs) Despite the persistent knocks on the door at midnight, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, and Tom Curran came around, you know, with Jim. Mm. They're playing guitar and uh, he was just so fucking stoned, couldn't talk and just had that weird paranoid look on him, on his face the whole time. And I'd had a and I'd had a, had a similar experience on the North Shore. I think the year before, same thing. I was I think Jim was staying with Jim Banks was staying with us and Tim, and um, Tom Curran came around to jam. And it was weird. People would come around, and they were so awe in awe of Tom Curran, and it's just this guy and he's so fucking stoned. Mm. But one guy, I think it was Chris Lundy, the artist, and Tom expressed you know uh, a favorable opinion about his guitar, and Chris just goes, "Fuck, take take my guitar." Just, just take it, just take it. Mm. And the effect he had on people was extraordinary. Mm. 
but he wasn't a great conversationalist, no. So what, what do you think's lurking behind all that? Is there, is there an intellect at play there or, or is it? I don't know. I, I never, I never got beyond um, sort of the paranoid look on his face and and a, and a grave silence. Yeah. So my encounters much, weren't, weren't as exciting as yours, random in car parks. <laughs> How much mental oh. functioning is going on back there, though? This this would be the surf journalist Olympics right here. <laughs> would be Tom Curran. You surf journalists, one of you go discover what lurks beneath. Would be a fun challenge, right? Yeah. I mean, do you think do you think you could dig dig it out, Steve? No, I don't think I could. I, I mean, I think Andrew Kidman could. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Andrew Kidman could do anything. Yeah. I mean, he got Tom Curran in whiteface, right? Precisely. Like he's got it. So. A, but Andrew Kidman, a brilliant, as brilliant as he is, a surf journalist ain't. Mm. It's me. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, Derek, I had an idea today for T-shirts. Oh, what does it say? Uh, we do Saints of Surf Journalism, where we have uh, <laughs> we, we have Nick Carroll, we have Sam George, we have Steve Shearer, but, like, done. And we also saw, can't like, the Roman Catholic candles with them with their best works. <laughs> it's, it's also you get a T-shirt with them all with the halo above their head, right? Like, done in full Catholic motif. Uh, but I reckon the saints of surf journalism is something that would really bang Sam George. Who wouldn't want to buy a Sam George with a halo above his head t-shirt? What, um, what would you put as his great, great works? I mean, I'd have to the other, the other day's mid-length story. Probably. That'd be one of them. Can I, can I read from that? Cause it's such a good, uh, good quote. Please. When Sam, so Sam emailed me, Steve, and asked mm-hmm. if he could, um, pretty much send an open letter to Beach Grit readers. Yeah. Cause he likes to, um. Must have fuck with him. Yeah. And so he he writes, um, let me tell you how you surf. If you're old enough to have read this far and still <laughs> insist on writing any surfboard that even remotely resembles a prose, this is what happens. You thrash your way into most ways, paddling furiously, occasionally kicking. Most of your drops are late because you have to take off under the lip. Mm-hmm. After getting to your feet, you immediately start back foot pushing against your fin cluster rather yeah. than applying pressure to the inside rail in an effort to get the board moving down the line. Yeah. You rarely do an actual bottom turn, but for the most part, you push the board ahead of you across the middle of the wave face, seldom if ever achieving enough planning speed to apply the rhythmic weighting unweighting that defines true rail-to-rail surfing. After running ahead of the curl, and if you're lucky enough to find an accommodating shoulder, with the board flat on the wave face, you lean, not carve, into a cutback, not engaging the rail, but simply redirecting the nose of the board towards the curl mm-hmm. or advancing light water, slowing down considerably, you then step on the tail, lift the nose, swing the ball back around and begin the fin pushing process all over again. And that's if you're lucky. Mm. That's a great piece of writing and, and very accurate, I think, and telling. That, yeah. that's, that's his. That's his motif. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, huh? Yeah. So I what mean, did he um, recommend? That was, the, that, was the, he, that was the diagnosis. What was the prescription? Oh, the, the mid-length, the, uh, the, the Chad Smith model um, CI mid-length by, yeah, right. by LSD like Britt Merrick. Yeah, okay. Because so I, I didn't read the piece, I just heard about it. Um, so can you give me a little taste of his, you know, his cure? Oh, fuck, I don't have to look up the story. But while, uh, while I'm looking that up, uh, Surf Ads wrote a rebuttal to, um, to Sam and, um, and he, he says there's nothing, you know, like a hot rod. So he says the path to enlightenment isn't meant to be easy. Yeah. We obtain it through trial, struggle, self-flagellation. 
Knifing under a guillotine lip while razor tooth coral heads sing sweet nothings to your skin in preparation for the upcoming feast. Yeah. Engaging the heelside rail at a warp speed, wedging hook, only to be obliterated by the oncoming foam ball. Yeah. Learning how to get into waves using your positioning and strength, not some sneaky extra volume hidden up front. Mm-hmm. Rinse, repeat it all again and again. Sisyphus, is that how you pronounce it? Sisyphus? Yeah. And yeah, his yeah. rock. That's, yeah. how you, that's how you improve your surfing. That's how you find meaning. Yeah. Mid-lengths. Fuck. Okay. Hard to top that rebuttal. Hard to top that, bro. But you guys talk among yourselves. I'll find the story and I'll see what uh, Sam George's uh, Sam George's cure was for the middle. Yeah. So where do you sit, Chaz, on this? Most? So what I was taught by the great mid-length impresario, yeah. Devin Howard, yeah. was mid-lengths are not for crap waves. He's Therefore, got quite a hold on you. Yeah, I love that Devin Howard. Wait till you meet Devin Howard. He yeah. will... He will take you in the car park just yeah. like Tom Curran did. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's super fun. I mean, so what it did for me was just reset my surfing uh, in terms of thinking about one thing after the other. So I don't know. Resetting my surfing always feels mm-hmm. good. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just think about this now, which is with the mid-lengths. I think I've gone through all these years of flailing. And with the mid-length, it's just think about this. It's real simple. Get to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Think about your bottom turn. Don't point up to the lip. Think about getting in the pocket Mm -hmm. and then feel, you know, feel that trim kind of thing, which, yeah, it just, it just shortened everything for me and to, oh, wait, I'm not pretending that I'm ripping, which I never am. I'm now actually surfing, which feels good. Sounds like hell of me. I'll read, I'll read the, uh, I'll read uh, what's Sam George's um, uh, cure, yeah. the uh, wrong board blues. <clears throat> Go ahead, scrounge up any of the latest CI mid clips and ask yourself this, who do you surf more like, Italo Ferreira or Devin Howard? <laughs> <laughs> of course. And why do you think that's so? False dichotomy. Mid- because mid-masters like Howard, Martin, and Machado ride boards that are designed to accommodate the needs of 99% of all the world's competent surfers, you included. Unlike the pro models, blah, 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 today's new mids with their continuous curve templates, generous width and foil, and sensible fin setups let you do all the things you're trying to do now, only better. Not sticking trampoline aerials or GoProing 58-second barrels, but getting into the waves that you regularly surf and with authority. Immediately achieving trim, then flowing, not fighting, from top to bottom and back again. Generating speed with the rail, not scrubbing it off with the fins. Carrying that speed through a legitimate figure eight, not rectangular cutback. Catching more waves, making more waves, riding faster, cleaner, stronger. Capella, yeah? Chaz looks really depressed. Sam's (laughs) right. No, he's right. Sam George is right. Sam George has never been right. For once. He was right. Sam George gave me my first assignment. That was the only thing he's ever done right, was sending you off on your first assignment. And I didn't even write it. Yeah. My buddy Josh wrote that one. I wrote Australia's Surfing Life. (laughs) (laughs) I grew grew up loving Sam George's um, editorials in Surfing Magazine. I thought that beautiful, beautifully constructed little 600-word pieces. So was Sam or was it Matt who always would sort of start crying in the article or, or there would be tears and every story would end with tears? Probably Matt. Matt's a bit of a cryer. Yeah. Because Matt, Matt wrote that fantastic um, first profile of Kelly Slater when they slept in the same bed together. And Kelly started crying? 
uh, <laughs> wincing maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But it's funny because uh, I, was, I was talking to Matt about it and um, the story begins with he sleeps like an angel, which yes. is one of, the, one of the great first lines of a profile. Yeah. And, and Matt was just telling me that he couldn't actually say that he was sharing because, you know, the, the Slaters are quite poor yeah. and living in very modest surroundings, um, circumstances, that he, um, the journalist, um, yeah, bedded down with um, the one day to be 11 time world champ. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You'd retire right then and there, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you'd probably um, go to Mexico after. <laughs> Escape the lore. That's it, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey Chase, you've started hitting um, politics a bit on uh, on Beach Grid um, and coming at it from the centre, the centre left, the centre right, depending on the issue. So can you, you know, you're in, obviously in America, can you talk about the political discourse in the US and how, you know, New York Times has has become, you know, something like the New York Times, New York and so on, have become so deranged by Trump, you know, as the right, as Fox and co was deranged by Obama. It's, I mean, it's just crazy town. Like the, every media I used to read and like is not even interesting anymore because you just know it's like surf ranch, right? Like it's a mechanical wave that Mm -hmm. just rolls through and you know exactly what it like. Even the people that I used to, or the sources that I used to think were vaguely, I don't know, neutral are so clearly not like I'd listen to some stupid thing on NPR today where everything was so teed up in terms of Trump being dumb and all of this being dumb, where I know Trump fan, but come on, give me at least the the uh, veneer of, yeah, like Steve says, like a wave in the ocean where who knows what's going to happen, right? A shark may yeah. attack, whatever, whatever. But these yeah. things are just rolling through. Yeah. And so, yeah, for it's really weird to push beach grid political, but I I think these are the conversations that I have more fun than anybody else or or like this community is a fun community. Mm -hmm. And so come on, let's stink and sort something out that a and B I found my new enemy today, Derek, I found the thing to kick against, which is the damn technocrat. An expert is the shittest person on earth. Again, see Kelly Slater and Sir French Mm -hmm. Uh, experts should never, ever, ever be the voice of anything. Like, you can be really smart at something. Sweet. Like, throw your opinion in a paper bag and let's go from there. What, 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 what expert, yeah, turns you yeah. off, Chaz? Any, any of them. You, you allow experts to take over the whole coronavirus debate, all of a sudden you have crazy-ass doctors saying, nobody see anybody ever again. People should... Kill everyone around you, basically, mm-hmm. and live within a twenty-mile bubble alone, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll live, and that's okay, right? That's literally where expertise goes. Like technocracy as a thing, the end is only crazy extremes, and that's all it is. Like, and so the people who are really good at stuff and experts, great, they're you're valuable. Your your opinion matters. But your opinion is not the end-all, be-all. The people who think that the technocrat is the one who should be making decisions, it's insane to think that the crazy-ass weird doctor virologist is the one who should be making public policy on coronavirus is absolutely insane. And that's what we're left with at this point is technocrats saying this on a variety of subjects. Just give the 
economy over to some guy who's like knows how to game and cheat economics all day, every day. I mean, that's all it is. That's what we're left with is like, oh, expertise. Fuck the experts. That's going to be Beach Grit's political stand is die, expert, die. Good t-shirt. Steve? <laughs> I've got to agree with you. Yes. I do. I look, I, while I was uh, watching Sir French yesterday, I was actually, uh, I was trying to think, there's got to be some sort of intellectual underpinning for my discontent here, for my resentment. It's, and I found this German guy called Max Weber. Have you ever heard oh, of him? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. So, so Max, Max Weber wrote about the, the iron cage of modernity and, and this sort of lack of magic and, and this disenchantment in society as we, as we lost all the sort of magic and the, and the randomness, which is what I was thinking with, with Kelly. I was just thinking, why isn't this turning me on? These are perfect waves. Why am I not getting well, – I'm not feeling anything. But he also spoke about this uh, – this um, this hyper rationalization and and this utilization of of expertise in in the service of these bureaucracies it doesn't which I think is kind of what you're on about too is it what one thousand percent that's exactly it that's exactly yeah. what I'm on about Derek I, I never knew that uh, uh, Weber was pronounced Weber <laughs> yeah. German well, it's Max Weber yeah yeah no Weber yeah. I don't know there'll be a German comment on Beach Grid who Fix that up if it's well, wrong. That, that, that was beautiful. That um, this, this endless pursuit of meaning is a um, pretty uh, compelling, uh, compelling thing. But, but with the experts, at what point in your career do you get labelled an expert? Because if it's a martial art, you go through the belts and become a black belt. So it's a very obvious grading system. But it feels like the expert moniker gets applied to people um, willy-nilly, Chaz. I mean, it's just it's through the academy, right? Like you do. But the academy, I think, is so, I mean, universities What's the, what's the, what's the academy? I mean, just universities and whatnot, but it's so riddled with clear bizarrity at this point where to not even recognize it as, wait a second, these, so these people are considered experts because they went to Harvard. Um, my favorite stinking meme of the COVID years, Steve, mm-hmm. Derek, is uh, it was a crappy old laptop flipped open that just said Harvard. Uh, <laughs> and that was the only thing. Which is true, right? That's what it's always sort of been, but that's specifically what it is now. Harvard's online, everyone's online because they're distance learning and all this. But the the sham of the academy sort of, uh, I think, is not that it's always been a sham. I think the academy has always been very valuable, but in the COVID era Mm -hmm. has been laid bare of like, okay, wait, these are rich kids who paid to go to this place and they get their degree, and then they use that, their, you know, whatever, connections from this degree to do whatever. But and that's where experts stinking come from, mm-hmm. is this bullshit world, which is crazy town. So you need a Harvard degree. If you've got a Harvard degree, you're an expert? I, mean, I think so. This, I mean, it's, it's all the, it's the letters behind your name, right? And then to further, I think, parse it, it's where those letters came from. Yes. So a Harvard PhD. Now all of a sudden, thinking, what's his damn name? Not to be racist. What's the what's the African American man who just pops off on history all day long? Uh, uh, um, Degrassi. No. Oh, no. Thomas Sell. Tyson Cor- Cornell. Oh, Tyson oh, yeah. Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine enough, but fuck me, it's shit. All of it is shit. 
His analysis is absolute shit. No? Was he, was he the guy that um, sort of prompted the, uh, the Minnesota um, legislature to um, talk about banning history in schools? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Which I don't know that it's shit. Maybe I went too far. But it's, <laughs> it is clearly not very good. A lot, of, be, be a, lot of, a lot of happy children, they're never having to learn history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sweet. <laughs> Steve? Uh, yeah, what's the question? Do you, do, you love history? do you love history? I do, I do, I do love history. I love history too. Total fan. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I love the interconnectedness of it. Yeah. It'll have one leads to the other, leads to the other, leads to the other, and it all comes back to, to us, you, me, and Chaz. Hey, Chaz, what about um, <laughs> speaking of important historical um, events? Um, Bob Hurley bought simple, simple shoes. That's the, the great '90s brand, and possibly John John Florence is involved in the purchase too. You suggest? I heard. I, I mean, I heard from definitive sources that said yes, he is involved. But then I emailed Bob and never heard a word back. So that oh, maybe nobody was supposed to know any of this, and everybody's mad. But yeah, they did. Simple shoes. What do you do with fucking simple shoes? It's funny. I thought about it and I thought, fucking, why would you buy a '90s brand? And then. But simple, it really applies to to her, to Bob and to, to John John, huh? And sure, actually, totally. It actually really uh, works. And they and they'll reimagine a shoe that's simple and probably beautiful. I mean it, Yeah, Bob Bob makes beautiful stuff, no? And everyone laughed at um Bob when he um when he jettisoned the, the Billabong license and decided to call the brand Hurley. Yeah. And everyone just laughed, laughed their asses off. It was like when Ann Coulson said that um, she thought that Donald Trump would get the Republican nomination. Everyone laughed at her. And a sim- similar thing with Bob Hurley. So maybe this is, this is a um, Donald Trump moment for Bob Hurley. Steve? Yeah, <laughs> when I think of simple shoes, I think of, um, to correct me if I'm wrong here, Derek, because I know you are an expert on 90s surfing history. Mm-hmm. Darren Handley? What about Darren? Most beautiful man in surfing. At the, at the time. Sponsored by Simple Shoes. I think everybody was sponsored by Simple Shoes at one point. I remember I was working at Surfing Life at the time. I'd always get these boxes of Simple Shoes and yeah. everyone wore the sort of chucker boots sort of thing. Yeah, and Matt Branson, correct? Matt Branson, yeah. Ooh. So there's a tremendous that's, um, a, that's opportunity. A random, that's a random encounter in a car park. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, Steve, you remember this? I remember this Paul Sargent, another great um, surfing identity yeah. Writing about Matt Branson eating out chicks in the Bell's car park. Oh, really? Mm. Which view, with the benefit of hindsight, possibly wasn't true, and it wasn't pussy. <laughs> it wasn't so even pussy. On. Chaz, about your back to this Saints of Surf journalism T-shirt. Yeah, I want to be on the same shirt as Sarge, not Nick Carroll and Sam George. I mean, everybody, you get your own shirt. Sarge gets his own shirt. Right. I thought Nick that was sort of his- like you know the. Triples, you know, like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So it'd be oh, okay, that's George, a better shirt. So wait, it's you, it's you, it's you. Who, who, Sarge, and who's the third? Sam? Can be you? No, no, I, I know Saint of Surf Journalism. <laughs> Says who? I mean, Derek and I are not on. I mean, Derek's on a shirt. No, I'm in, I'm in those shirts. I'm just uh, you and Derek have to be on the same shirt then. I mean, yeah, Derek and I could be the second run of fiends of surf journalism with the sinners we're the sinners jazz yeah yeah we <laughs> before sure we are. before we found the cavalry church and I rode in their horses okay. Man, thinking i was listening to npr today driving home bored from la kid playing Fortnite. uh 
and heard some long ad about the surfboard shaper who became a preacher. Uh, and I was waiting for the payoff to hear it was Britt Merrick, and they left me hanging. They said, coming up on the, like, some future program thing, we got a preacher who is, who, I mean, a surfboard thing, shaper, who became a preacher. Yeah. And then that was it. There's no Brit, And then they played a clip from it, and I was thinking, is that Brit? His preaching. And then that was it. They didn't say, like, Britt Merrick. It crushed me. Could it have been the bowlers? Who else could it have been? It's either Matt or Britt. I mean, it's got to be Britt, but what, they didn't what, say what Britt. Was, what was he preaching? I, it was like standard, standard, good, orthodox stuff. I mean, he was in line. It wasn't. He wasn't preaching Matt's weird shit. Wasn't preaching anti-communism and <laughs> <laughs> Gestapo Gav. Matt's anti-communism thing is epic. Matt is totally locked in. I love me some Matt Biolas, but he truly is operating like it's 1992, perpetually. You think he's operating like it's 1956 and the uh, the Red Scare's on in uh, Hollywood? No, uh, no. I think it's like the the commies are almost fallen, but they just need one more kick to really to really fell them, and Matt's going to give them the kick. Like, if you, we talked to Matt, I know Matt's a student of history, uh, but if we talked to him and said, hey, are the commies literally over? He would say, for sure, no. They are reorganizing for some massive takeover everywhere. In, in Orange County? Yeah, Orange County, Belarus. Steve, have you yeah. been watching the Belarusian uprising? Yes, I have, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Belarus in the current moment? Um... So they are uprising against the um, re-election of what's his face? The is longest, I think it's the longest tenured uh, dictator in yeah. Western adjacent Europe. Yeah. So give me the name again. Oh, I Petrovsky. Is that it? No. That's Lukashenko. Like that, Lukashenko. Lukashenko. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So they are saying, look, you know, we've had this, you know, huge, they're, they're disputing the election, right? They're saying the election was rigged. He rigged the election. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You in? Is this a sort of like a, what could possibly happen in the US in November? No. No? No. Do you see Darren? any possibility that there might not be a peaceful transition of power? No. Like, it'll be messy. I mean, yeah. there'll be a lot of, like, hands throwing up in the air and, like, oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? And then there'll be always what it is. Yeah. I think, I think Trump will look behind him and there'll be no one behind him if he disputes the election. Yeah. Joe Biden, new, uh, new president, Chaz, how are you feeling about that? He ain't going to win. He's not, huh? No. I they think Trump's going to win. They couldn't have picked a worse candidate. They literally, the Democratic Party... Has bung. I mean, I I wish that I could live for three more years because to read <laughs> to read the history books four years out, the bungling of the Democratic Party in the la, in Trump's four years is historical. Steve Shear, yeah, is it not? Mm. No, it sounds historical. It looks historical from this. 
it almost feels like there's enough of a backlash against Trump that it might just the, the backlash vote might be enough to get Biden over the line. You think? But if it, you would have thought that round one. Yeah, and also you, feel, you know the, the the backlash vote of people that never would have voted for uh, Trump in the first place. You know, ninety percent of blacks aren't going to vote for Trump. Seventy percent of Latinos aren't going to vote for Trump. So you don't. Have- I'm, I'm always shocked at the voter turnout in the U.S. election. Like last election, people. right? I thought, well, this is going to be the most important post World War post World War Two election in American history. And what'd you get? Forty eight percent turnout. Was it, was it that Eric, high? Get, it Eric wasn't Logan, even 50%. You get Eric Logan, Kelly Slater, and Jesse Miley Cyrus. And yeah. two vote one way, one votes the other. And that's yeah. the president. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Steve, we're going to get you to talk us out or wrap us up oh. because, because you're the sole source of our credibility. Have you got your book ready? Fuck yeah. So um, <laughs> I, want you, I want you to read next from uh, one of your favorite excerpts from, uh, yeah. from your book. Well, you really want me to read a book on a surf podcast? I don't want you to read the entire book. Yeah. I want you to read an excerpt. Yeah, okay. I feel like I should justify it though. You can justify it. Yeah, well, I I thought, you know, it needs to be something with the the wank factor turned up to 11. And I also thought it needs to be something that pays a bit of an homage to Pat Curran. And because Pat's a bit of a, not just an icon, he's, he's kind of a symbol of that surfing life where you just let go all the attachments to society and, and, and sort of the normal considerations of life. So I, I tried to find a piece that reflected that and, and maybe was a bit of a literary precursor to that. So I found a, a, a very short chapter in, in uh, Moby Dick, which is my favourite book. Is that Great. pretentious yeah. enough? That's pretentious enough for moi. Yeah, Chaz? <laughs> That's plenty pretentious. Thank you. <laughs> right. So it's called The Lee Shore, and it's, uh, it's a very short chapter about uh, a, a seaman, a, a gentleman that uh, Ishmael runs into. <clears throat> Some chapters back, one Bulkington was spoken of as tall, new-landed mariner encountered in New Bedford at the inn. When on that shivering winter's night, the Pequod thrust her vindictive bows into the cold, malicious waves, who should I see standing at her helm but Bulkington? I looked with sympathetic awe and fearfulness upon the man who in midwinter just landed from a four-year's dangerous voyage could so unrestingly push off again for still another tempestuous term. The land seemed scorching to his feet. Wonderfulest things are ever the unmentionable. Deep memories yield no epitaphs. This six-inch chapter is the stoneless grave of Bulkington. Let me only say that it fared with him as with the storm-tossed ship that miserably drives along the leeward land. The port would fain give succor. The port is pitiful. In the port is safety, comfort, hearthstone, supper, warm blankets, friends, all that's kind to our mortalities. But in that gale, the port, the land, is that ship's direst jeopardy. She must fly all hospitality. One touch of land, though it but graze the keel, would make her shudder through and through. With all her might, she crowds all sail offshore. In so doing, fights against the very winds that fain would blow her homeward. 
seeks all the lashed sea's landlessness again. For refuge's sake, formerly rushing into peril, her only friend, her bitterest foe. Know ye now, Bulkington, glimpses do you seem to see of that mortally intolerable truth, that all deep earnest thinking is but the intrepid effort of the soul to keep the open independence of the the wildest winds of heaven and earth conspire to cast her on the treacherous, slavish shore. But as in landlessness alone resides the highest truth, sureless, indefinite as God, so better it is to perish in that howling infinite than being gloriously dashed upon the lee, even if that were safety. For worm-like then, oh, who would crave and crawl to land? Terrors of the terrible. Is all this agony so vain? Take heart, take heart, O Bulkington. Bear thee grimly, demigod. Up from the spray of thy ocean perishing, straight up leaps thy apotheosis. Thank you, Stephen. That's gonna, that is literally going to be on any sleep-deprived person's loop for the rest of their lives. It's beautiful. <laughs> to put him to sleep. Yeah, it's 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 dedicated to Pat Curran. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, Pat's going to be sleeping well tonight. Yeah, you should. Because <laughs> you should go drop him a new bottle of vodka off. I really... That's sleeping better than... <laughs> <laughs> Sleep tight, Patty. Sleep All tight, Patty. Right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Chaz. No worries. <laughs> Love you both. See you, Rose. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.